in the lion's den from mr punch's dramatic sequels by st john hankin this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the lady of lyon when lord lytton provided the conventional happy ending for the lady of lyons by reuniting pauline ne des chapelles to the devoted claude melnot promoting the latter to the rank of colonel in the french army he seems not to have troubled his head as to the divergent social ideas of the happy pair nor as to how the vulgar and purse-proud family of des chapelles and the humbler melnots would get on together the sequel throws a lurid light on these points in writing it great pains have been taken to make the blank verse wherever possible as bad as lord lytton's dramatis personae pauline melnot read by by amanda friday claude melnot read by lambda james manservant read by elizabeth clatt Mrs. Melnot, read by Karen Savage. Mrs. Deschapelles, read by Capricia Page. Narrator, read by Ruth Golding. In the Lion's Den. Scene: the drawing room of Claude Melnot's house. Pauline is sitting by the fire. Claude leaning with his back against the mantelpiece. James, a manservant in livery, enters with a card on a salver reading card mrs smith not at home james who can never quite get out of his habit of speaking in blank verse why are you not at home to mrs smith my dear claude that woman mr smith kept a greengrocer's shop tis true he made a great deal of money by his contracts to supply the armies of the republic with vegetables but they are not gentle people in his most byronic manner what is it makes a gentleman pauline is it to have a cousin in the peerage partly that dear or is to be honest simple kind but i have no reason for believing mr smith to have been more honest than the general run of army contractors continuing gentle in speech and action as in name oh it is this that makes a gentleman and mr smith although ye kept a shop may very properly be so described yes i know dear everybody calls himself a gentleman nowadays even the boy who cleans the boots but i'm not going to give in to these unhealthy modern ideas and i'm not going to visit mrs smith she is not in society off again on his high horse what is society all noblemen but mr smith isn't a nobleman claude and women in whatever station born these only these make up society but that's such a dreadful misuse of words dear when one talks of society one does not mean good people or unselfish people or high-minded people but people who keep a carriage and give dinner parties those are the only things which really matter socially 
Pauline, Pauline, what dreadful sentiments they show a worldly and perverted mind. I grieve to think my wife should utter them. I wish, Claude, you'd try and give up talking in blank verse. It's very bad form, and it's very bad verse, too. Try and break yourself of it. Off again. All noble thoughts, Pauline. No, 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 Claude. I really can't have this ranting. Byronics are quite out of fashion. Relapsing gloomily into prose. You may laugh at me, Pauline, but you know I am right. Of course you're right, dear. Much too right for this wicked world. That's why I never can take your advice on any subject. You're so unpractical. Breaking out again. The world, the world. Oh, how I hate this world. Now that's silly of you, dear. There's nothing like making the best of a bad thing. By the way, Claude, didn't you say Mrs. Melnot was coming to call this afternoon? Yes, dear mother. How nice it'll be to see her again. It will be charming, of course. I do hope no one else will call at the same time. Perhaps I'd better tell James we are not at home to anyone except Mrs. Melnot. Oh, no. Don't do that. My mother will enjoy meeting our friends. No doubt, dear. But will our friends enjoy meeting your mother? Seeing him about to burst forth again. Oh, yes, Claude, I know what you are going to say. But after all, Lyons is a very purse-proud, vulgar place. You know how my mother can behave on occasions. And if Mrs. Melnot happens to be here when other people call, it might be very unpleasant. I really think I had better say we are not at home to anyone. Rises to ring the bell. Pauline, I forbid you. Sit down at once. If my family are not good enough for your friends, let them drop us and be hanged to them. Claude, don't storm. It's so vulgar, and there's not the least occasion for it either. I only thought it would be pleasanter for all our visitors, your dear mother among the number, if we avoided all chance of disagreeable scenes. But there, dear, you've no savoir-faire, and I'm afraid we shall never get into society. It's very sad. Touched by her patience. I am sorry, my dear. I ought to have kept my temper. But I wish you weren't so set upon getting into society. Isn't it a little snobbish? Willfully misunderstanding him. It's dreadfully snobbish, dear. The most snobbish sort of society I know. All provincial towns are like that. But it's the only society there is here, you know. And we must make the best of it. My poor Pauline. Kissing her. But you know, Claude, social distinctions do exist. Why not recognize them? And the late Mr. Melnot was a gardener. He was an excellent gardener. One of the lower classes. In a republic there are no lower classes. In a republic there are no higher classes. And class distinctions are more sharply drawn than ever in consequence. So much the worse for the republic. Claude, I begin to think you are an anarchist. I? I am a colonel in the French army. But not a real colonel, Claude. Only a republican colonel. 
i rose from the ranks in two years by merit i know dear real colonels only rise by interest claude gasps opening the door and showing in a wizened old lady in rusty black garments and a bonnet slightly awry mrs melnot pauline goes forward to greet her not seeing her ah my dear son runs across the room to claude before the eyes of the deeply scandalized james and kisses him repeatedly how glad i am to see you again and your grand house and your fine servants in livery too pauline shudders and so does james the latter goes out my dearest mother kisses her beaming on pauline how do you do my dear let me give my claude's wife a kiss does so in resounding fashion as soon as she has recovered from the warmth of this embrace how do you do mrs melnot won't you sit down thank you kindly my dear i don't mind if i do a ring is heard outside followed by the sound of someone being admitted pauline looks anxiously towards the door to herself a visitor how unlucky i wonder who it is throwing open the door mrs de chapelle great heavens my mother falls back overwhelmed into her chair in her most elaborate manner my dear child you are unwell my coming has been a shock to you but there a daughter's affection claude shaking hands with him how wonderful it is dear mother we are delighted to see you of course i ought to have called before i have been meaning to come ever since you returned from your honeymoon but i have so many visits to pay and you have only been back ten weeks i quite understand mother dear and as i always say to your poor father when one is a leader in society one has so many engagements i am sure you find that i have hardly begun to receive visits yet no dear but then it's different for you when you married colonel melnot of course you gave up all social ambitions i am sure no one could wish for a better braver husband than my claude turning sharply round and observing mrs melnot for the first time i beg your pardon i said no one could have a better husband than claude dumbfounded appealing to pauline who who is this person i think you have met before mother this is mrs melnot oh the gardener's wife melodramatic at once yes the gardener's wife and my mother of course i know the unfortunate relationship between you claude you need not thrust it down my throat you know how unpleasant it is for me shocked at this bad taste mother oh yes it is as i was saying to your poor father yesterday of course claude is all right he is an officer now and all officers are supposed to be gentlemen but his relatives are impossible quite impossible this insolence is intolerable madame de 
Claude, Claude, don't be angry. Remember who she is. I remember well enough. She is Madame Deschapelles, and her husband is a successful tradesman. He was an English shop boy, and his proper name was Chapel. He came over to France, grew rich, put a de before his name, and now gives himself airs like the other parvenus. Monster, my dear Claude, how wonderfully interesting! Rising, my son, you must not forget your manners. Mrs. Deschapelles is Pauline's mother. I will go away now and leave you to make your apologies to her. Claude tries to prevent her going. No, no, I will go. Really, goodbye, my son. Goodbye, dear Pauline. Kisses her and goes out. If that woman imagines that I'm going to stay here after being insulted by you as I have been, she is much mistaken. Please ring for my carriage. Claude rings. As for you, Pauline, I always told you what would happen if you insisted on marrying beneath you, and now you see I'm right. You seem to forget, Mamma, that Papa was practically a bankrupt when I married. And that Claude paid his debts. I forget nothing, and I do not see that it makes the smallest difference. I am not blaming your poor father for having his debts paid by Colonel Melnot. I am blaming you for marrying him. Goodbye. She sweeps out in a towering passion. Sit down, Claude, and don't glower at me like that. It's not my fault if Mamma does not know how to behave. Struggling with his rage. That's true. That's true. Poor Mamma, her want of breeding is terrible. I have always noticed it. But that story about Mister Chapelle explains it all. Why didn't you tell it to me before? I thought it would pain you. Pain me? I am delighted with it. Why, it explains everything. It explains me. It explains you even. A Miss Chapelle might marry anyone. Don't frown, Claude. Laugh. We shall never get into society in Lyons, but at least we shall never have another visit from Mamma. The worst has happened. We can now live happily ever afterwards. Curtain. End of In the Lion's Den.